0: Praise God we made it to another Monday church. We have had an incredible few weeks together, and I know God's not done moving in our midst as we prepare for Easter Sunday this week. Which is why, after a brief hiccup of my own, I believe God would want me to study out and share my findings on disappointment. Because let's be real, sometimes when we invite people to church for special services and they don't come, we get disappointed. We feel sad or hurt, or maybe even angry because they had promised they were going to come this year, and then, life just got in the way and how we react to that disappointment can influence our entire mindset about a person, a situation, or even those of the people we're around. Being disappointed doesn't always look like shutting down as I have learned. It can look like anxiety, or wanting to take back control over whatever area you're at the mercy of because then, if you're let down, at least it's on your right? So what are we supposed to do, and what damages can it cause when we let disappointment drive in our lives instead of Jesus? Let's first turn to numbers to find the answers. You see, I have a very love-hate relationship with Moses' story. Love because of God's incredible patience for his people and for showing them how to be okay with following his leadership and his spirit, but hate because of how many of the hard issues Moses was dealing with come out of me too. The reason I want us to look here first is because one of the key reasons why we get disappointed in the first place can be dug out of this story. To sum it up we need to stop taking ownership of the things that we don't control, and be okay with just being a guide. God called Moses to lead his people but he didn't tell Moses that he was completely and utterly responsible for his people and God did not tell him that he and he alone was tasked with caring for them. I'm not saying that there wasn't a certain level of responsibility and accountability to those people, but Moses didn't have to single-handedly take ownership for so many of the Israelites' actions. In Numbers 11, the story being developed isn't a very happy one. The Israelites are, as they often do, complaining, but this time they are complaining about nothing at all. God had drowned the Egyptians in the Red Sea, provided them with water to drink when they were thirsty, manna to eat when they were hungry and now they were crying out yet again because they were tired of eating from the miracle and were desperate for meat. It took me a little bit of study and looking up commentary and articles on it, but Moses by this point, had only been in the desert for a year. One year out of the 40 years they ended up spending in the wilderness. Talk about becoming weary and well-doing. Now we know what God had done for His people in that year, but look at how Moses responded to the Israelites complaining. Numbers 11 10-15 says. Then Moses heard the people weeping throughout their families, every one at the door of his tent, and the anger of the Lord was greatly aroused, Moses also was displeased. So Moses said to the Lord, Why have you afflicted your servant? And why have I not found favour in your sight, that you have laid the burden of all these people on me? Did I conceive all these people? Did I beget them, that you should say to me, Carry them in your bosom, as a guardian carries a nursing child, to the land which you swore to their fathers? where am I to get meat to give to all these people? For they weep all over me, saying, Give us meat, that we may eat. I am not able to bear all these people alone, because the burden is too heavy for me. If you treat me like this, please kill me here and now, if I have found favor in your sight, and do not let me see my wretchedness. Notice how many I statements Moses makes here. Why have I not found favor in your sight? Did I conceive them? Where am I supposed to feed them? Until at last, he admits that I am not able to bear all these people alone. Not only did God never tell Moses it was his job and his job alone to care for them, after all God allowed him to have Aaron from the very beginning, but it wasn't just the Israelites complaining. They were complaining, at least this time, because of who was with them. Scripture specifies that it was a mixed multitude that was groaning. To quote from the article I used to help me study for this, which I'll link at the bottom. When the Israelites came out from Egypt, it wasn't just the Israelites themselves there were some that came along who were Egyptian or from other races. They left because there was nothing left in Egypt for them. The country had been destroyed by the plagues. So the best decision left for survival was to follow the children of Israel. You see, this group didn't leave and join themselves to the Israelites because they believed in the true God. Their motives were selfish and were prompted by a desire for self-preservation. So let's assess the situation briefly. The Israelites, and by extension the mixed multitude, had been provided for by miraculous means for an entire year. The Israelites were probably a good deal more grateful than those who had joined them, but nonetheless being around their influence day after day eventually wore on the praises that had followed them out of the Red Sea. Let me ask you a question about Moses' problem. Are we, like him, in danger of becoming angry at the responsibility we carry for our people our prodigals? Are we weary of being the one that provides the miracles that they are so desperate for time and time again, Only to have them turn around like a dog returning to its vomit and complain once more? We need to stop being disappointed over what God never called us to control. Our role in our prodigals' lives is the same role that Moses had for the Israelites. We are to intercede when necessary and support and guide, but they are not our sole responsibility. They are God's child before they are our child. God was their parent before they were our parents. Yes, God used Moses to part the seas and make the waters that were bitter safe to drink, but God was the one that provided. Not Moses, what would it look like if we, like Moses, threw in the towel and admitted, "God, I cannot do this alone." God gave Moses seventy elders to help with the caring of his people. What could God give us if we too asked for help bearing these burdens? How many saints would rally around us and encourage us that yes, they had been there too when disappointment rises up in us, it's only natural to be exhausted with the situation and to want to lash out. But God gives us a better way. Moses, do you realize what He gave you? Do you realize the help that you have? But do you also see the damage that can be done if you continue to shoulder the burden of that which you were never meant to carry? It's okay to let it go. Keep praying, and keep guiding, but don't hold yourself responsible for the Israelites' complaining or disobedience. Don't let yourself be disappointed by something God knows we, in and of ourselves, cannot change. It took time, but the Israelites got it right in the end. Our prodigals will too especially during this next week or two let's remember whose hands they're really in. It's okay to be discouraged, but it's not okay to think, even in a roundabout way, that it's our fault. They may be in the wilderness, but so are you. Guiding them, interceding for them, and reminding them who really has their backs at the end of the day. So keep inviting, keep praying, keep doing all you can to be the witness God called you to be. Just remember it's not all resting on your shoulders, and when it gets tough, rest in Him. For additional study on this particular part of Moses' story, please click the link below. Greater than 08 The 70 Elders